on things remembered, things forgotten, and wet pajamas. My coziest pajamas are not a set, but even though the pieces do not match, they fit so comfortably on this tired mom bod. Wholly unflattering, the mixed cotton array is sturdy and warm. The bottoms are black knit stretch pants I bought in the 90s. They're the perfect length, long enough to protect my ankles from the cruel breath of Midwest winter and my calves and shins from the cold cotton sheets at bedtime. The obedient pajama top combo, a red Star Wars t-shirt and a Stranger Things holiday sweatshirt, stays put, never creeping up or gaping at the waist. The trio of warm jersey knits brings me more joy than an evening of popcorn, red wine, and Schitt's Creek ever could. Earlier this week, with gratitude for such wonderful sleepwear, I washed my perfect pajamas, then diligently moved them to the dryer. I even remembered to turn the dryer on, but the dryer is old, so I typically have to run it twice, and you see where this is going? I forgot to run it the second time. What can I say except that I am exhausted? And so for a good 48 hours, my cozy pajamas sat in a heap of wet laundry, growing a musty scent in the cold, damp tomb. Imagine my PJ's loneliness, surely despondent for our symbiotic, warm relationship. While tidying up last night, I anticipated the congratulatory PJs. How wonderful my cold ankles and offended shins would feel at bedtime. When I opened the dryer to fetch the three necessary pieces, continuing to ignore the rest of the clothes, because why would I ever put the laundry away at 1030 at night? I assured myself that no, the clothes are not wet, only cold, because they'd been sitting in that very spot for two days. I thought, aha, I shall turn the dryer on to warm up the cozy jammies. When I returned five minutes later, after washing my face and brushing my teeth, I smelled heartbreak. I caught the mildewy and abandoned once clean now not aroma and recalled how I had both remembered and not remembered to run the dryer. So I moved the load of laundry backward right into the basin of the washing machine for a big redo in the morning. Thus, I had to wear unkind pajamas, a matching blue set with short pant legs made a too thin jersey, not nearly warm enough. And as I shivered off to sleep, I envisioned a life where I can remember all the important things, like turning the dryer on again. This morning, I made a second attempt at washing my best pajamas with the success I had envisioned the first time around. I managed to turn the dryer on twice, even though my day was peppered with birthday fanfare. Today, my youngest child turned 10 years old. Tonight, As I readied myself for bed and sat quietly in my cozy PJs, enjoying the mountain fresh detergent scent, I reflected on the busyness of the day. I'd watched the light of tin candles dance across the darkened family room, across the faces of my three children and my husband, as we'd sung happy birthday in the same key as our howling dog. I thought of her gleeful puff that extinguished those candles and ushered out her first decade, the one in which parenting felt expansive and never-ending. And with the candle smoke still swirling, the second half of parenting took a seat on the sofa, set up the ticking clock that cannot be paused, and all the thoughts started up. 
Did I remember to hold my babies enough? Am I losing them already? Who am I if I'm not caring for little people? Sitting and reflecting in my perfect cozy pajamas, a tide of sadness rushed over me. Grief for the loss of single digits, chubby cheeks, and mispronounced words. For hands and faces glazed in stickiness, for foam lightsaber duels, for dog pile wrestling matches, for let it go and Ninjago. Well, no, maybe not Ninjago. I wept the hot, stored up tears that had been waiting for just this day. They jumped and tumbled out of my puffing eyes and spilled down all over my cozy PJs, now wet once again. And bless that night where it wrapped itself around me in just the right kind of hug and tucked me into bed where I fantasized about a baby growing to an adolescent, to an adult, to a mother herself. I remembered one of the things I'd forgotten in the decade that just departed. I am a mom and also a thousand different things, a writer, a chef, a dreamer, a motivator, a traveler, an explorer. Things that over time I'd willingly or unknowingly pressed the pause button on in favor of loveseat cuddles, sleepless nights, and reading the same board book 13,268 times. While I plan to walk to the tempo of the ticking clock and step with the astounding humans developing under my roof, I'm going to invite more and more versions of me to come along. I may hit resume on forgotten editions of myself that have been left on the shelf. I expect to meet new pieces of my own developing personhood as I savor the next several chapters of being a tired mom. The tapestry of those knit-together selves will be sturdy enough when the time comes to launch into the world my most important project to date, my children. I might be a bit faded, worn down, and threadbare in spots. But aren't those the truest markings of hardworking, well-loved garments, or in my case, the ultimate broken-in wear pattern of parenting and partnership? I'd love to talk about this more, but I just remembered that I need to start the dryer again. So good. Thank you. Okay, well, thank you, Andrea. I'm so excited that we get to feature your essay on Kindred Mon, and um, we're just so glad to have you. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for um, giving me a place to put my work. It's very exciting. Absolutely. Um, so in an effort to get to know our, our writers a little bit more, I'm going to ask you um, the same questions that all of our writers are answering um, for the next few months. Sure. And the first one is, what's your favorite or least favorite game to play with your kids? Oh, it's so funny. We were just playing games over the past weekend. And I may have answered this question differently before, but we had the best time playing the old game Balderdash, which is where, you know, you get a word or a date or someone's name and you have to make something up and be really convincing. And I think if my kids had been younger, it wouldn't have worked because I would have been able to identify very easily who answered what. But now that they're a little bit older, my kids are 10, 11, and 13. Um, they're a little bit older and they're just, um, they're just smart and funny kids and they came up with some really convincing (laughs) answers. So we had a great time. But actually, I can tell you that my least favorite game to play with my children 
and it's just because I'm so terrible at it. There's this game out, it's called Unstable Unicorns. And I don't know if you've heard of it before. (laughs) It is is just the worst because it's a strategy game and you have to keep track of what different cards tell you to do. And I'm not good at that because I'm still trying to remember like, what are we having for dinner? And did I move the laundry? Yeah. Yeah, we totally understand. I totally understand that. Yeah, there's definitely a couple games that I will not play, but Balderdash is a great one. I forgot about that. It's so fun. I'm going to have to like Amazon that yes. one because I think my kids, I think the older two could do it. I'm not totally. sure about the third yes. one. <laughs> they totally could. Oh, that's really fun. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, what are you reading right now? So I'm always, you know, reading a book, traditionally speaking. Um, so I reading mm-hmm. one book and ear reading another book, because I think that yes. when I'm listening to an audiobook, it just hits my brain differently. And especially when I'm trying to write, I just find it helpful to ear read one book, I read another book, and then I'm also in a Bible study. So I'm reading something, you know, a little different there. But what I'm, yeah. what I'm I reading right now is a book called The Goldfinch by Donna Tart, I think is her name. And it's okay. very, very long. I think it was published in 2013. So it's not, you know, it's not mm-hmm. a really recent book of fiction, but it's very interesting um, and very long. I feel like I've had to, I've been reading it for about a month <laughs> and then probably yeah. two thirds of the way through it. And I think now that we're all on, all on quarantine, maybe I'll finally finish. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm also ear reading a book called Fish in the Tree, I think is what it's called. And it is a middle grade mm-hmm. fiction book about um, okay. a little girl who's dyslexic, which I think is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, um, I'm reading a book with some other women called Christianity Beyond Belief by um, an Anglican bishop named, named Todd Hunter. And it's, um, it's a really great book about Christian living. And it kind of flips some of the Christian tropes around a little bit to help people yeah. learn how to engage with folks around them in a way that isn't so uh, abusive. <laughs> so yeah. I'm yeah. really, really getting a lot out of that one. Did you say the title of that yes. one again? That sounds so yeah, cool. It's called Christianity Beyond Belief. By Todd Hunter. Okay, that's I gotta check that yeah. one out. Yeah, there's definitely those things we've heard a million times. That's so good to hear them in a new way, a fresh way, or to consider them yes. in a different yeah. way for sure. Do you, um, with the middle book that you're ear reading, mm-hmm. do, you, do any do you have dyslexia in your family at all? No, um, we don't have dyslexia. Well, actually, I take that back. My my husband does have dyslexia on his side of the family. He doesn't have it himself, but I'm yeah. actually visually impaired. And a lot of the things that um, are challenges for dyslexics are also challenges for people who are visually impaired. And so um, oh, I'm working okay. on um, some fiction and one of my characters has dyslexia. So I'm trying to um, mm-hmm. apply what I know about some of the challenges I have with my own disability to this character, right. but I feel like I need to brush up a little bit on my understanding of that disability as well. Oh yeah. Um, I very cool. Yes. So that's why I'm reading that book or you're reading it, which yeah. is a term that you yeah. use when um, you're being sensitive to people who have that kind of disability because literacy oh, is not just about your eyes tracking words on a page. It's totally about ingesting the language, right? So if you're ear reading, that's just another form of literacy. Yeah. I hadn't actually heard eye reading, ear reading before. I mean, it, I totally like can catch on to that really fast. I not understand, but I didn't know that it was part of like being sensitive to that culture yeah. and stuff. That's, 
That's really cool. I read e-rigged. Cool. If you could talk to your pre-kid self, what would you tell her? Oh, I think I would tell her, just go ahead and start getting up earlier. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I, I really held out on that until my third was born. And then I realized there's a reason I'm such a monster. It's because I don't get any time by myself. And the way to get time by myself is to just get up ahead of everybody else. Now, I don't think that works for everybody, but that has really helped me. Right. I hear that for sure. Yeah. Whenever I've had like little ones getting up at night or nursing like multiple times a night, I can't get up before the kids. But as soon as my last one started sleeping through the night, I was like, give me that time. And now I do. I, as well, I get up really early. Yes. So I think that's a great piece of advice for sure. (laughs) In what ways have you grown or changed as your kids have grown? Yeah. Well, I think that's a really good and important question. And I wish that I had, you know, just like a really profound answer to offer. But um, (laughs) I think what, what really comes to mind is that my personality has just accepted routine more. I, I just used to yeah. rail against it. And I think it's, I mean, I, I don't like, I don't like to be scheduled out very far. I'm not a big planner. I, I really enjoy spontaneity and enjoy being able to flex the plan, you know, and go with, yeah. you know, go with the wind a little bit, but um, that's not really helpful when you're trying to raise uh, people that you want to launch into the world that are, you know, stable. And, um, so, and they seem to really enjoy routine and structure. And so I think as I've grown with them, I've realized that, um, routine and structure are helpful and I've become a little bit more willing to embrace that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Kids just really, (laughs) they can challenge those, you know, personality traits or whatever, they challenge them and they help us, they do help us grow. And I think I, I kind of am the opposite of you where I want to be more flexible (laughs) and less structured. (laughs) I feel like I'm all structured, no flex, but um, I'm working on it. And certainly our current, you know, situation and everything has has made me try. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Andrea. Well, I just really want to thank you so much. And if there's anything else you'd like to say before we, um, before we say goodbye, this is your chance. Oh, well, I just so appreciate meeting you even digitally. And, um, I have enjoyed kindred mom for a while now. And so I'm just so excited to be part of the part of what's on the screen at least for a moment so yeah thank you for the opportunity you got it thank you so much for submitting your essay we loved it and we're excited to share it with our community thank you